Good evening everybody and welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your number one podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. In today's episode we're going to be taking a look at the Avenge Quests, a unique system that was introduced in Origins. This system allowed players to technically interact with other fans of the series by avenging their AI corpse. They're very basic and simplistic uh, quests, but they're a lot of fun to do. So this episode we'll be joined by our co-host James. Hi everybody. And a very special guest who accidentally became an overnight sensation by dying a ton in Paris. Andy reloads. <laughs> thanks, Sekrin. Cheers, James. Good to good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. That's it's great to have you here. <laughs> so I'm gonna kick it off with the big question. How did you become an overnight sensation? <laughs> Well, Declan, I'm not. I'm not sure it's an overnight sensation, or perhaps not for the thing that I would have kind of wanted. <laughs> truth be told, um, it, it you died. Started, I mean, you I died. died. I, yeah. I died. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing, James. Because basically, I, I kind of thought myself as a pretty good AC player as far as things go, and after this, I just thought to myself, I'm never going to recover from this ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I can say goodbye to any sort of build or fighting videos or recommendations on how to play well, because since this is since I got about 120 pictures of of me dead throughout the whole whole of Paris, um, 120. It was something absurd, honestly. Wow, Mike. it was great fun. Don't get me wrong. And thanks for everybody for That's... sending them in. That's but, uh... what kicked it off for me because I was I'd, I'd seen a few weeks ago on on the AC Reddit that uh, someone had posted a screenshot of Valhalla and, and what they'd put as the subject was well this is awkward and they were stood over Jawraptor with with an Avenge quest <laughs> and I thought that's that's quite funny and I was I was roaming around uh, Frankia and I saw Avenge quest Andy Relos and I thought I know that that name this is great <laughs> so I, I quickly hit record did did the right thing and avenged you thought oh this is original i'll be the first person on twitter i wasn't <laughs> oh, yeah, you had 120 right, people saying yeah i got you mate oh we, we went triple digits for sure in fact i think jordan Jawraptor actually sent me uh, a picture of him finding me in there as well i think what happened is those the, the people who had, were lucky enough to get early access well those those people who had died with early access were the ones who were at the forefront of that kind of feature when anybody, everybody else kind of went live and started playing. Now, it just seems that I've died more times than anybody else who got early access. So, so there we are. That's the triple digits um, photos and videos. I think there was a few people who uploaded them to YouTube as well and sent them across, which was, um, yeah, which was delightful. So uh, thanks, thanks very much, everyone. Well, this is what's kind of become like a bit of a slight annoyance for me. And it's a sarcastic one, but... When Avenged Quest was brought to Valhalla and it was broken, I remember watching the Jorapta video and he found a way around it. You go to a single location and if everyone always died in that location, it would trick the system into doing Avenged Quests. I did it. I followed his steps. I never found him. Everybody else. <laughs> I never did. I've been all over Paris on purposely hunting for your little AI. Still haven't found him. I have you know, found you... no one no one famous. It's making me upset. 
you know why that is, Declan? Is because as soon as I got all of those photos through, I just never returned to Frankia. That's why. <laughs> so, 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 I, so then Brilliant. I went to the bot. I went to the bottom of the list, so everyone else can die and be avenged because <laughs> because that that was enough for me. No one's found me yet. Is that how good I am? I think it could you you didn't you say in one of your um your other podcasts that you actually like playing quite stealthy anyway so maybe that's the case is that well, right well say it's stealthy or how i realized when i played uh, valhalla last night i played cowardly you know <laughs> i stay a distance i shoot people with arrows when they run after me i play dead and they're like oh he dead i'm like nope she's not dead that's, and I jump. that's not cowardly that's strategy that's, that's that, what is that strategy. is strategy i agree james that is yeah. strategy especially when you get those little guys on horses in france and they're just really impossible to kill if you play dead they come off the horse and you're like haha got you off your stupid horse <laughs> is that how you get them to dismount just use the play dead skill uh, i managed it i don't know if it was actually like fantastic an actual thing because half the time i don't know what ai is legitly horseback or just an ai that stole a horse so i'm <laughs> i'm learning new things i'm not because all i do is i just i equip the uh the gale bog spear and just steamroll everything <laughs> uh, oh yes i, I don't oh, yes. even try and play properly anymore because that with that ridiculous weapon uh, this is this is an me. important point andy are you a member of the dual spear wielding club this is a great question and yes i am the yes. only reason that I am is because I love swords and I love daggers and I, I've literally played daggers throughout the whole of Valhalla. But the, the spears are just so unbelievably overpowered that <laughs> if, I, if I just want to relax and just play some games, then I'm just I'm going to run with them. And they're kind of addictive as well. You know, you can put it on nightmarish mode or drinker difficulty, whatever it may be. But those double spears, it doesn't matter. They will melt through everything. So, yes, yep. James, I am. Double spear fan club. Awesome. Think- awesome. I think time's now to admit this because I've kept it a secret. Do you just want to know why I never use spears? Yes. It's the most stupid reason ever, but I play it of any RPG I've ever played, Skyrim or anything. My brain can't logically work out if I'm stealthily, how does somebody hide a spear? My brain's just like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't have spears because I'm like, if I'm crouching in a bush, isn't that spear just impaling me on the ground? <laughs> it's, it's all a matter of um, marketing spin. What you're saying, Declan, is you're going for sort of full immersion into the character, into the stealth. I respect that. Me, I just go dual spears and just carve my way through the enemies. <laughs> I think I'm with you, James, and I would love to play like yourself, Declan, but I think I'm just addicted to them now, and I cannot mm. kill anything else without them. So <laughs> it's dual I, spears uh, until they get nerfed. Did, did you try the uh, what was the new weapon the scythe did you try using scythes in frank in siege of paris i i tried it for a one melee and i immediately switched back they are so slow and they do such little damage <laughs> i i just couldn't cope i went straight back to my my nice warm comfort zone of dual spears <laughs> i did exactly the same mate i'm not a great fan of scythes generally because i think they're just too big i mean this is the thing here i am saying that oh, i'll play with spears even though they're unrealistic but then there's also me sitting here saying no 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 i won't touch sites they're, they're too unrealistic <laughs> so so but i'm with you mate with the, with the scythes i i just think they're just incredibly slow and a bit too big and cumbersome for me but apart apart from that i think it's just always going to be the spears for me or oh, and, and and daggers but 
unless we get some new weapons in the future and i'm not going to say anything about that right now <laughs> so understood this this will make you laugh before i ask my next on topic question i agree scythes are really slow but i put on some like really baggy looking clothes to make me look like a grim reaper i went to a low level area and don't ask us why I did this, but I put the Imperial March from Star Wars on and just started swinging my scythe around at very low-level enemies, and it felt so satisfying. It was crap, but it was so satisfying. <laughs> I would love to have seen a recording of this. This sounds fantastic. I'd have to try and figure a way of recording and just edit him with a little Star Wars. <laughs> Get it done. It, it, it can done. be done in, see in the edit, Declan. You record it, I will add the audio, my friend. No problem. <laughs> Right, we know what my my next random video is me finding a next YouTube project. Yeah, <laughs> truth be told, and this is off topic, I got so bored once I did fight a polar bear, legendary polar bear, barehanded just for Twitter. It took me twenty minutes to beat it, but it was for Twitter. I was like, oh, I'll show you it's me punching a polar bear. Is is this the one in um in Norway? One of the legendary? Is that the one you were doing? Yeah, uh, I did it barehanded just because I thought it'd be fun. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> That's amazing. I need to see your fists. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and ratchet on Twitter, but yeah, I used my fists, my fisticuffs. <laughs> Outstanding. I'll, I'll find this on Twitter. So, on topic, who remembers the Avenged Quest from Origins? Can I can I tell a little funny story about that? Um, just to kick us off. Um, and this this connects to what we were talking about, um, Andy, just before we started recording. So, yeah, Odyssey was my first. Then I went to Origins and I was still kind of new to the whole open world thing and how you would pick up a quest and how you kind of track stuff and move around the world. Um, and I remember, um, I don't know if you remember the Origins, kind of the flow of the story. But when you when Bayek first leaves Siwa and he arrives in the desert near Yamu, um, and there's a synchronization point nearby and there's a sort of a bandit camp in a, in an abandoned um, tomb nearby. And I went there and did the location, cleared it out. And there was this dead body and there was this interact button. And I saw it and I thought, I have no idea what that is. I'm not going to interact with it because I don't want to break the game. And I walked away and I never did. I never looked it up because I, I don't look stuff up when I'm playing the game for the first run through because I, I don't want spoilers. Um, so I never looked it up and it was only when Valhalla started and I saw that there is an achievement for Avenge Quests and it suddenly clicked. Oh my God, this is what that thing was that I'd always ignored in Origins a year and a half ago. So that was my introduction to Avenge Quests. Anyway, over to you, Andy. Well, James, if you had actually looked a little bit closer on that Avenge Quest in Origins, you would have seen Avenge Andy Reloads, most likely. So... <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I uh, of course, would have died several times in that game. But t truth be told, I can't actually remember uh, at all memory, just, uh, you know, listening to yourself, James, um, about Avenged Quest and Origins at all. I can't remember coming across those. Can you, Declan, at all? Um, yeah, because I kind of like binged the hell of Origins because it was a very special gift to me. And the reason why I want to bring it up is the amount of Avenger Quest available in Origins seems to be half what you're getting in Valhalla. Now, this kind of brings me to a point that I believe that Origins was easier than Valhalla because the Avenger Quests were 10 times faster than Valhalla, but in a day I would find about one or two more heavily concentrated on armor camps or 
heavily guarded areas, you would find very, very little in the wild. But in Valhalla, I find avenge quests everywhere I go. So, it's kind of a weird one. For me, I think I must have gone several months in Valhalla and I hadn't come across a single avenge quest. I also um, couldn't actually recruit any friends or anybody from discord or the communities actually yoms vikings i think i've just been able to recruit this this guy called Coucho ml for the last eight months i haven't been able to recruit anyone else since the last update so to be honest any sort of kind of community feature like that in valhalla it just really hasn't connected with me which is a bit of a shame to be honest with you because i don't know if you you guys played any of the co-op games many moons ago but and i'm not saying that valhalla should go down you know full full scale multiplayer maybe that's a conversation for another time but certainly doing some co-op or community engagement features like that and having them pretty solid on release is is good fun and it was a bit of a shame for me that i haven't really been able to kind of take advantage of that um, at all, to be honest with you. Avenge quests would... I don't know whether it was ever officially acknowledged. I think it was, because I'm sure there was a title update January, February time, and they specifically called out that they were fixed. But yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I started playing on release day, and there were no Avenge quests until... I mean, I finished the main game around about January. Actually, do you know what? I think it was only when I came back to start Wrath of the Druids that I started seeing you know, the, the bodies on the ground and started picking up the adventure quest to clear the, the achievement. Um, so I think for a long time, all of that interactive part of the game, like you say, the kind of the quote unquote live service stuff wasn't really working. Um, I've got a question, a kind of a, a related point there on the live service point was, although we had co-op in Unity, we had multiplayer and Black Flag and uh, AC3, Brotherhood, were the Avenge quests in Origins that very first kind of step towards a live service um, within a single-player AC, do you think? I think you're probably right, to be honest with you, mate. I think that's when they started heading down that road, right? So I think that's probably when they started dipping the toe in water in a lot of different aspects when it comes to the live service format. And going forward, I think we're going to see way more of that, to be honest, especially with the announcement of Infinity, even though the information that we have right now is incredibly limited. But I think that we're just going to see more and more of these things trickling. I don't know what you kind of think about it, Declan. Um, I would say as far back as Unity, because by my logic, um, multiplayer was a separate component to Black Flag, Brotherhood and all that. But in Unity, it was more built into the main game. Everywhere you walked in the main game, there was always a Shadow Assassin that would tell you about joining up. And it was always a big feature at the very start. Bishop talks about multiplayer games and how Arno ran with his buddies. So it was like drop-in, drop-out co-op style, but more mission-based. Whereas I do think Origins did have the Avenge quests, but I wouldn't really class them as a big... Well, I would say... I wouldn't class them as a live service feature. I think that was more when it came to the boss battles with the endless glitches for Gods of Egypt. I just thought the uh, Avenge quests were just, you know, little fan service to acknowledge that every fan has a bit of fun and dies. Why don't you just help them out? If that makes sense. 
It does. You know, I was, I was whilst you and Andy were speaking, and I was I was thinking things through. And again, I, I don't have any insider information here, but just looking at what we've got, so Origins had those those two. Uh, what were they? The the um, trials of the gods, wasn't it? And they just recycle every week forever. They had the Avenge quests. Odyssey didn't have Avenge quests, but it had those weekly challenges and daily challenges. You you had a mercenary, or you know, kill ten Spartans with a spear or whatever to to get your uh, your Orichalcum. Valhalla brings all of those threads together. So you've got your challenges, your time challenges, core challenges, Avenge quests. So I wonder if if they kind of developed those two parts of the live service separately. They've been in in use for a number of years, and now they've all been brought together into Valhalla as a single kind of set of community engagement. Should we say? That's a really good. That's a really good point, James. Um, I've kind of question for both of you then, I guess, with with what you've just both said about the two previous games, and then that kind of being incorporated into Valhalla. Do you think it's been done well or are there things that you think that perhaps in the previous installments, even though it was years ago, it was actually done a lot better than it was in Valhalla? And kind of in your eyes, I guess this whole encompassing question then to both of you is what what would be your ideal kind of set of these services into Valhalla if you were in charge? What would you like to see? Um, if I'm OK to go first, James. Yeah, go for it. That's a good question. Um, for me, I'm going to personally say that the way Valhalla handles it is... Well, actually, no, I'm going to say Origins handles it better than anything. And the reason why I'd say Origins is because we may live in 2021, that is a technical age, but we have not reached the limit yet where Wi-Fi is completely accessible to everyone. You know, a lot of broadbands in the States have data caps from which is why streaming's difficult. And the way Valhalla handles live service, with the Avenge quests, with the weekly time, and now these special events that happen every Christmas, I think that's what we're going to do, it's kind of relying too heavy on Wi-Fi. And someone who may not have a good enough data cap can't do all them. Whereas Origin, you could really ignore the Avenge quests and just have a ton of fun without doing them. So I kind of feel like with Valhalla, they should just slow down with how much depending they do on the live services, especially with the events. That's a good point. There's definitely kind of a, an accessibility. Not accessibility is the wrong word. But yeah, th- there, is a, there is a good point there about how much of a video game should, re- especially single player story game, how much should require you know permanent high speed internet connection. Not everyone has that. Um, I guess you can't 100% Valhalla without an internet connection, can you? Because you can't, there are achievements, there's an achievement or a, a challenge, I forget the difference, but there is a, a, a challenge you need to complete for Avenger Quests if you want to go for that 100%, you know, earned all the, the badges and so on. So that's definitely a good point about kind of accessibility of, of online services. I think that's for Ubisoft Connect, not the actual PlayStation or Xbox, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, well, either, sure. Go on, Andy. Either, no, I was just going to say, either way, it's actually a really good point, which I I didn't even think about, you know, because I guess that's the benefit of me, me living in London, to be honest with you, you know, it's just kind of like, well, high-speed internet, but I also, you know, I come from, come from the countryside, and I remember growing up and 
you know, not having the best internet, uh, being on dial-up, you know, and so, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that is the case with a lot of people around the world who enjoy this franchise and love this game. So yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. Um, on a kind of a side note, and I know I've said it a lot, before Unity came out, my highest internet connection where my carers lived was 520 kilobits a second. Nice. That was the highest they would get. Very so good. <laughs> until Unity, I have never touched the uh, internet side of Assassin's Creed, you know, with like the multiplayer segments, never touched. And when I played Unity in 2017, no, 2016, when I moved into my house, I only had five megabits per second at the speed. And I found it really difficult to play Unity because a lot of the missions required co op. And even though they were like, quote, soloable, they were next to impossible to solo. And that is such an unfair consumer move. You should never make it so missions can't be done solo. Can they do co-op? Make them so. But never make a co-op mission unsoloable, in my opinion. Another good, good point, point, mate. Yeah, another good point. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I know we spoke about this before the podcast get, get started because we were going on about 25 different tangents. But, <laughs> but, but And I love it, and I think that's fantastic. But James, I'm really keen to hear your opinion on the kind of live service stuff and what would be your kind of idea well. then. In Valhalla, well, I've been I've been mulling stuff over whilst you two have been talking. So, <laughs> if we if we sort of take the baseline that it needs to work ideally on release, and in Valhalla it didn't. I mean, Valhalla had many different bugs, but it's been fixed, so that's fine. Um, my opinion is is probably frustratingly neutral. So let me let me give an example. I don't especially enjoy the river raids. I've done. I've completed one river and got the St. George, two of the St. George items. I haven't even started. I've, no, I've done one location on the second river, but I, I do find them quite boring. Um, I haven't... <laughs> I, yeah, I have only done the... I've got the gold medal on the sort of the easy location for the mastery. Is it the mastery challenge? And I just got fed up with, with repeatedly yep. retrying the other mastery challenges. And... I must admit, the mastery challenges and the river raids, I, I kind of got a bit frustrated with them and thought, this is silly. But then I realised something. I had an epiphany, which is, this is a massive game. It's got a big story. It's got side arcs. It's got main story. It's got two DLCs. It's got these repeatable game modes or replayable game modes. Not every piece of content needs to be for me, right? I'm sure there are players out there who just love the river raids and, and repeatedly carving up the guards. That's fine. You, that's great. Mm. So for me, the sort of the online nature of things like Avenge Quests, um, the Trial of the Gods, if we go back to um, to Origins, the, the weekly mercenaries in, in Odyssey, I did them all a few times. And once I'd done them, I, I didn't do them again because I felt like I'd done it. And I, you know, I have I don't have a huge amount of time for gaming. Um, so I kind of have to be a little bit careful where I invest my time and I'd, I'd rather play the story so for me it's fine that they're there but I don't feel they're sort of particularly for me if you know what I mean so I'm I'm kind of ambivalent I've done them I've sort of explored the mechanic and then I've moved on you know to, to take Odyssey as an example which is probably the game of, of the three that I know best um early on I was doing all the weekly challenges and earning all the oracle and I was doing the daily challenges and 
what once I completed the main story and started a new game plus I stopped because I didn't really see the point and I didn't need the oracalcum because I kind of feel like it's all a bit of a scam um, the only thing I did do was watch out for a couple of mercenaries that I knew were going to drop some unique items, which I was desperate to add to my collection. When they came up on the schedule, I, I, I defeated them and got the items I wanted. But since then, I've kind of ignored all of the um, that kind of online type or re- replayable uh, content. For Valhalla, um, of, uh, Avenging 10 Players Challenge or Achievement, I can't remember what it's called, I didn't have it when I'd finished the main game, and when it was working, I went back and basically just explored until I found 10 dead bodies, got the achievement, and moved on. So, yeah, in summary, it's nice that it's there. It's probably interesting for some players, but for me personally, I'm I'm not too bothered. Fantastic, fantastic answer from, from both of you. And to be honest, I, I, James, I think, I think you're right in... Pretty much everything that you've said there, to be honest with you. I One thing that stood out to me there, you said, well, you know, in this game, not everything has to be for me. And that kind of, that did actually st- struck a chord with me, to be fair, because it got me thinking in many regards that, well, what I'm hearing is that these kind of mechanics actually aren't for the majority of people, not just for a few people. And I think that they try and design these things with the majority in mind. And in my opinion, and just having my ear to the ground and having some great conversations with some awesome people in Discord, Twitter, YouTube comments. I absolutely love love doing YouTube comments. It's mm. the these river raids, these live service features just don't seem to be going down very well uh, for the majority of people, particularly in the river raids. And and I think that I'm as an easygoing player as well. I'm open to, to seeing what they throw at us and try and they're not going to get it right every time. But I do struggle to understand if if they have the player base at the forefront of their minds, if the river raids and mastery challenges, which are low-key infuriating in many aspects, really do have you know players at the forefront when it comes to kind of development. Because I, you know it, the, the reception has been, um, hasn't been very good, to be honest with you. Uh, which is a bit of a shame because I like the idea. I just don't think it was executed very well. Um, Interesting. So you're hearing the same from your community members and your viewers then that that river raids and and mastery challenges were a bit, shall we say, hit and miss, M- mixed well, feelings. I, I think I think we're all pretty nice guys here. I think. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want to do negativity if we can avoid no, it. But you know. No, of course. But I think we all need to be realistic, don't we? And I think not to tip tip around the issue, but it's repetitive. There isn't massive. There isn't a massive incentive to then revisit them after they're finished. Uh, a lot of the mechanics are recycled from from previous ones. So there isn't anything exciting to look forward to. There isn't a, a storyline which really kind of gets you engrossed. Arguably, you could say that about the DLCs as well. I enjoyed the DLCs, to be honest with you, but it, it's not going to scratch the itch for a lot of people out there who really want to see some sort of storyline progression. And these free features that they, they are updating and offering to us i really respect the effort and work that's put into them by the teams and the development teams i really do it must it, it must take a huge amount of time and creativity at the start to kind of put all of this stuff together but it, but it is it a fan favorite i don't think so is, do you have people saying oh i can't wait for the next river raids can't wait for the next festival we're going to be doing some more archery 
what's it's forgotten about like, the festivals but yeah yeah but is it, i mean honestly can we ask ourselves you know after and james you made another really good point there mate you know you, your time's limited you know you want to come home and chill out maybe a couple hours of gaming do you really want to sit there and, and fire a bow at some in-game targets and and get some tokens to purchase something which you're really never actually going to equip or or put in your settlement probably not and i think that's that's the general consensus and i completely agree with that to be honest so the next point then and this actually does have a kind of linked community um, engagement is one that i've had a lot of thought about and i've unpiously tried my best to break the game in this kind of scenario i'll explain in a second is Avenge Quest is a unique way to get the community to engage, but it's also a very simplistic light service feature. But as the games become easier with the abilities and everything, is it possible that they're going to try and force the difficulty higher to force more people to die to increase community engagement so people use Avenge Quest? Because from the way I play Valhalla, and I'm not bragging, it's just my playstyle. I probably die once every two days and I play four hours, about two hours a day. So one death every four hours is not a lot. And I'm on master difficulty for stealth. So the community engagement question I would ask is, do you think at one point they're going to realize for stuff like avenge quests, they'll need to increase difficulties above a cap. So more people die. So more people can engage with the feature. Uh, I don't know if you want to go first, James, or what do you think? Mate? No, I was, I was, I was doing my usual thing, which is, I, I, although I'm in theory the co-host, as as when I was a guest a few months ago, I was so enjoying listening to the answers that I wasn't thinking about anything that I wanted to say. So, Andy, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Uh, well, Declan, um, I think that's an interesting point. It, admittedly, it's not something that I've actually. Th- thought about or think that they would do i mean it's in definitely in the realm of possibility for sure i don't necessarily think though that they would increase difficulty to increase death rates so their engagement of like their live service small feature would then subsequently increase uh, i just don't think that they would go to the effort or trouble of doing that to be honest with you um especially for such a minute feature that's not to say that they would uh, they wouldn't because you know i think they 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 have they could do if they wanted to but i think that the difficulty ranking system is something that a lot of players have been frustrated with since since the start i think it's arguably a bit too easy in many regards in the game it's kind of a kind of general melee assassin range you know combat is too easy yeah yeah, absolutely, James. Absolutely. So I think that the stealth, um, it, it's something which has frustrated me for a long time. I don't think it's very good, truth be told. And I think that the combat system is more of a blanket RPG combat system. And that's absolutely fine because that's the, the format they're going for at the moment. OK, I get it. That's the game. That's that. That's that, that's what they're uh, they've installed in, in this kind of particular RPG uh, game. But for me, I think that there is a lot more important things that they're trying to do rather than incentivize you know you you to die really i think a couple of those points for me would be that they want people to actually come back into their game and they they value game time more than anything else and that's why i think that they're constantly updating with these free game modes and free festivals to tempt people back into the game 
because they don't want a single player game where people finish in you know a month or so time and then never come back back to it until the next installment or the next dlc they want people kind of you know trickling over per se so i think that's what their their focus is but the problem with that being is that you know people now know what to expect from these free game modes every or title updates every five weeks and i think you know the players are just dropping off interest is just waning because it's just not interesting or not fun it's just repeat it's a repeatable grind and i think that's a real issue to be honest with you because then they need to decide what kind of game they want to be um do you want to be an rpg live service game well then the the up the the content that you up grade or put out there every four or five weeks it needs to be better the quality needs to be good it needs to be enticing or do you want a standalone game with two dlcs and for those dlcs i think arguably you could say that the content also needs to be better there and by the way i just want to phrase i'm a big fan of ac of course i'm a, you know videos and chat to you guys having a great conversation uh, I, I love it i'm not i'm not just slating the game here but i'm you know i think we need to have a bit of candid conversation about it and it's just not interesting content, to be honest. So in answer to your your question, Declan, I think that they are trying to incentivize us to engage with content that is mundane and boring, glittered up, which is trying <laughs> to entice us to come back to the game every four or five weeks. So then they can then say in their quarterly reports that we've had so many players return to the game in this particular quarter. That's my opinion. Okay. Um, before yeah, there's definitely a... Um, sorry, go on. I was going to say, before Jam answers his point, I just want to say, I just find it slightly ironic that some people say Valhalla's combat is too easy, but when you play, let's say, Assassin's Creed 3, you could just theoretically stand in a circle and just mash two buttons to do 20 <laughs> yeah. people's. I just want to put that, I do find it ironic when people say this RPG combat is too easy, but then I'm like, but in the old games, you just had to counter an insta-kill. <laughs> And you could do it with like 40 guards in 10 seconds. So, <laughs> sorry, James, that, carry on. Uh, fantastic point. That's a fantastic point. I'll, I'll just say my, yeah, you, I, 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 I'm just on the melee combat. I mean, I'm no expert at video games. I have actually played very few of these kinds of games, as we discussed a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Declan. But um, certainly for me, I found Valhalla's combat took a while to adjust to because it was it was a little bit like Origins, but not. And it was nothing like Odysseys, which I was very familiar with. And of course, it's nothing like the combat in the early games. So it did take me a while to adjust to it, although, as we've discussed, once I got my jeweled spears, I was I was away and I have it on Drengir difficulty and all the rest of it. Um, what I was thinking whilst well, Sandy and you were talking about kind of the the appeal of the content is there's absolutely a you know business development um side to all of this you know this is not art being done just for the sake of art this is entertainment this is about value um there's absolutely i'm sure a drive to encourage players or keep players coming back to hopefully encourage them to sign up for the subscription service is it called ubisoft plus i, I can't remember the name of it um and no doubt, like when you look at um, Ubisoft Connect and you see the daily challenges, the weekly challenges, there is an element, I'm sure, and we can look at Avenge Quests and we can look at River Raids, there'll be an element of, from a sort of game development and business development point of view, of throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. So which right. challenges yeah. are the most popular? Which game modes are the most popular? And, and that's because probably they're looking at what are we going to include in the next release or what do we invest more money and time in for year two and what do we stop developing because it didn't turn out to be so popular? So there's always that feedback loop. And I'm sure 
the stuff that was developed for Valhalla was based on data gathered from Origins and from Odyssey, which had an awful lot more kind of repetitive um, or more variety in terms of repetitive stuff um, and post-launch content um, than Origins did. So there's there's absolutely a lot of instrumentation and data gathering going on here. And it it's going to be a very long-term thing, but it'll be interesting to see how it evolves in year two. Will they continue yeah. to invest in river raids and and all that kind of things, or will they say actually that was year one content? We're going to do something different. It might be that from a development budget point of view, we're getting quite nerdy now. I'm really sorry. This is kind of turning into like an economics lesson. No, today. it's great. This is <laughs> it, great. It, Keep it going. It might, yeah, it might be from a development point of view. Yes, river raids are not that ex- well received by the community, but they're relatively cheap to develop, and therefore, why not continue to add rivers? I, I don't yeah. know. I, I've yeah. never, I've never designed a level or a world or a river in a video game. So who <laughs> knows? It might require tens of thousands of hours of effort, but it also might be compared to building a DLC, for example, relatively simple. Um, so yeah. therefore, it's 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 just easy content to chuck out every few months. Sure. Um, so another question I wanted to make is, and um, my mind's gone blank. Um, We've a lot of the content in Valhalla. I do think it would have benefited from an Odyssey um, post-launch plan where I really didn't like it with the DLC, where the DLC was staggered, but like a staggered story. So every season's a story continuation, like Destiny, that would be fun. But the biggest question I have for you guys is if you can remember doing it in Origins, and I know you didn't find many, but do you find that Valhalla's Avenge quest is just so slow like the animation to avenger players so slow that's a good yeah it's a really good point actually um i do you i think it's the same animation for when you're kind of completing redder and weeklies and daily is it that are you talking about that kind of slow-mo and she she holds the axe like she's like she's kind of doing a prayer and sending them to valhalla yeah that's right yeah sure i think that was probably maybe kind of like a nod to you know the previous games where it all kind of goes slow and you have a little moment after you kind of dispatch someone into the next life kind of thing i don't know maybe that's the impression i get when it kind of all goes very slow-mo that everything in the background is kind of slowing down it's a very personal intimate moment you know take you sending someone to valhalla or whatever it may be I don't know if that's the case, but maybe maybe you've just killed too many people, Declan. That's now it's annoying. <laughs> maybe it's got to that stage. I, I don't know. I was just playing it the other day and avenged somebody, and don't ask us why I timed it. But when you actually kneel down over someone and you avenge them, the animation is about four to five seconds of her just hovering her axe over a body, and that's similar time to how long the finishes were, but. I haven't got Origins at the moment because I haven't been able to rebuy it. But I think in Origins, the Avenge quests um, after you avenge somebody was only like a second. You know, it was just a quick confirm the dead and then I think you just stabbed them once with a hidden blade and walked off where Eivor seems to just stand and hover for five seconds. So could it be It's very similar to um, to Odyssey. You know, if you you do... um... Like when you want to confirm the kill on a named target, like a mercenary. So yes, you defeat them in melee, but once they are dead, 
you still have to press and hold the interact key and Cassandra yeah. gives them an extra stab with the blade of Leonidas to make sure they are really dead. So it's it's kind of just carrying forward that animation. I don't sure. think Bayek does anything. I think when you complete an Avenge quest in Origins, again, this is a shout out for Amit who will remember this perfectly. Um, I think when you complete the Avenge quest, it just pops up that you've done it. You don't have to go and visit all the dead bodies or visit the person that you avenged in any way. I know. I think. I think you're right. From memory serves, I, I think that that sounds pretty right to me. I think also, it's a good point because recently, I think it was a few months ago actually, they put the option in there to kind of um, in the settings menu to stop you having to zoom in and watch all the kill finishes all the time after. Oh you, yes. After you, yeah. Yes. Because that was getting quite aggravating for everyone, myself included, where you you know you'd kind of do the same thing over and over again in in this massive boss fight, not boss fight, but this group fight. So I think yeah, why not? If you've got the same time for a kill finisher, then why not just kind of pop that in the settings and be able to kind of toggle that on and off. But I think it's probably low down on their list on things to do, uh, to be honest with you. But yeah, I hear I hear you, mate. It is it is slow now. I think about it. I think it's just like once I've like um, done an adventure quest and I've killed say ten people, I don't really want to be wasting fifty seconds just hovering an arc. It's like you're dead, you're dead, you're yeah. dead, you're yeah, dead, you're dead, you're dead. It's, it's an interesting point actually. If I really think about it, how much time I all these people I've killed in the game that I've sat there and just watched Abel put the axe on the body <laughs> or how many kill finishes I've just sat there and gone oh right oh yeah okay we're doing we're doing this again so yes, I, wonder, yes. I wonder how many hours I've sunk into the game just watching kill finishes interesting uh, let, let me ask let me ask a little tangent question then um, Andy sure how many hours have you sunk into Valhalla so far that's that is a really good question actually because I, I was doing a video um earlier on this evening and i actually mentioned that i'm just shy of 300 hours which is not like not like a crazy amount but i know it's it's, it's quite impressive yeah, yeah i but also i know a few people on, on the discord who've quadrupled that number i know they're kind of north of i know two people north of the thousand hours so massive respect to them and wow uh, i don't know how they've done that maybe they've just had the game on maybe it's a flex i don't know i'm impressed either way <laughs> they just have the game on in the background and put the the joystick trigger up against something and just have Avil just sprinting into a wall or something just to get that that playtime up just to just to flex. I'm not sure, but you know, fair play to them. But yeah, 300 300 or so. I think it's like I know this because of the video, but it's like 292. So how about you guys? Um, I, I feel like I'm like the rookie here with only 193 <laughs> hours. That's still oh, good. Oh, you're not you're not mind... I'm a... nah, that's... Go on, I think Sorry, I did mate. have a, a four month, a three month break, didn't I? When I, my PlayStation was sold, so I did have three month, three weeks to a month where I didn't play Valhalla at all. It's a, that is actually Declan a really interesting point. Why didn't you play Valhalla for three months? Because I bet, I bet <laughs> you that is that's the golden ticket question that Ubisoft want to know. Why, why didn't you log on and play for three months? Tell, tell us now. I sold my PlayStation, so I didn't have it. <laughs> was it because of Valhalla? <laughs> Did you sell it because of Valhalla? Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> I know a lot of people have. I know a lot. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I sold it for food. Okay. You, <laughs> I, you can't feed me with Valhalla rations. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Declan. <laughs> so, Declan, you started Valhalla on your PlayStation 
I know that you've got an Xbox uh, Series S. I don't really know Xboxes. Did you have to restart the game then and replay the story? No. Do you want to hear something cool? Yes. Yeah. Really, but... like this blew my mind. And for all the wrongdoings that Ubisoft has done with gaming and technology, not the actual political stuff, but technology for gaming, the greatest technology they've ever created was cloud saving. And, and it's yes. cross-platform as well. Yes. yes. Oh, fantastic. Yes. booted Valhalla up, logged into my Uplay Connect, and boom, my 170-hour playthrough was there. This is the greatest <laughs> piece of technology I've ever seen. To be able to just take your game from one platform to another without breaking a sweat. That I agree. was perfect. When I loaded up and it got pinged with every trophy I've ever collected on PlayStation, collected oh, on wow. Xbox. Wow, and it, and yeah, it nice. triggered all nice. the trophies as well. That's fantastic. I didn't lose any. I think I lost an hour between save gaps, but I wasn't asked about an hour. An hour's no, no. nothing, but yes. How many hours I have could... you plugged in, James? <laughs> uh, I am up to about 220. That's just a single playthrough. I've not replayed the story. Nice. Um, so yeah, about 220. Yeah, good, good. That's. I mean, it's still it's still good numbers, isn't it? Um, well, I'm sure, I, I'm let's, sure... let's let's put it in business terms. I've had good value from my eighty pounds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, but Declan, you're absolutely right because um, when when I was lucky enough to get the early access to the Siege of Paris, uh, the day before, um, the nice people at Ubisoft the UK were like, "Listen, we're not giving out any passes for the Xbox." And I play on the Xbox, and I was just like, "No, this is this it cannot be happening." No, oh, and I, reaction. I, I wasn't. Yeah, and I was like, the, "Wait, I didn't know they had crossplay because I had no reason to play it." Anyway, so they sorted me out with a PC code, which was really kind of them, and then I booted up the game, and exactly the same thing happened. Everything it just got transferred across, which was just really seamless. So I do know, and I really appreciate that it can be incredibly frustrating when that doesn't happen because I know a few people have complained about that. But for me and my experience, it was really, really good. So I, I will praise that to the high heavens. I think I do owe a big thank you and, and probably a shameless plug for saying thank you. But when I got my Xbox, um, the good people at the Mentors Guild actually secured me a code for Valhalla. Amazing. So I was Ooh, able nice, to like... Nice get Valhalla even not um two days after I got my Xbox and then dive back in to make my content and I right. have to be so thankful because I missed the Wrath of Druids DLC drop because my PlayStation gone. Yeah. But they give me um the DLC well they give me like the ultimate edition so I got the season pass and it was just so grateful that I could pick up my hundred and seventy hour profile and go straight into the Wrath of Druids for my podcast. So I know that's off topic, but it was just so great to just run. I didn't have to do the whole story again. But yeah, that went off tangent quick. It's, you know, it's <laughs> oh, not off topic. Let's, let's give thanks to the developers that built the cross-platform cloud save system. That is fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Really it good stuff. my though. backside and the podcast, because I don't know how I could have coped. Like, everyone like, oh, are you doing podcast reviews on Valhalla and Wrath of Druids? Don't know, mate. I have to play 180 hours to finish the story again. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have finished me off for sure. I, I lost <laughs> yeah. um, right when Valhalla was launched. I mean, I, I didn't have early access. I started playing on, on the day that it was public released. Um, and I explored Norway very thoroughly. I thought, Norway's beautiful. I'm just going to do every side quest, explore the map. And I was having a great time. And then my save game disappeared. And I know I wasn't the only oh, one. No. Lots of people on Twitter had the same thing. And I lost, I forget, six, ten hours of of playtime. And I was gutted. Yeah. And I have to say, even though we're 220 hours later and 10, 11 months later, it still kind of annoys me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the whole the whole playtime thing, it, it can be frustrating. And, and the cloud saves either not working or, or corrupting or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, that was annoying. I wondered if we might um, kind of return... To where we started which is we started talking about avenge quests um oh yeah and, and we started talking about everyone finding you andy in uh in frankia <laughs> so could we go from that point and just get your general opinions on the siege of paris dlc how did you how did you sort of compare it to wrath of the druids sure um great question great question james thanks mate um yeah so avenge quest aside i i actually when i finished the the siege of paris dlc i came away with it which i may be a bit of a contentious opinion but i was like i enjoyed that i thought it was good i thought that it ticked a few boxes for me i know rebel missions hadn't actually gone down too well with quite a lot of people that they, they fall into that category of kind of that mundane repetitive grind feature but i thought it was an upgrade maybe my expectations were quite low comparatively to what we have in the red emissions and that's kind of what i was comparing it to but i i enjoyed that aspect of it as well i thought that was good i thought the one-handed swords were great uh, i really liked that being introduced i think that was a i think ubisoft did a good job of listening to the community who are you know really kind of pushing for that and i thought that the the kind of myriad of different sword options that we got in game was good uh, as we've discussed i'm not a great fan of size but i was also appreciated that they added a completely different weapon class system as well as the one-handed swords in there a little bit disappointed that we only picked up two armor sets so the paladin and the reaper comparatively to seven that we actually got in the wrath of the druids so i can also i was having a conversation with a few people in discord recently about that actually because i don't i wonder if they actually have got all the stats as you were talking about earlier james in front of them and say well listen we've given them seven sets of armor in this expansion and going going on after x percentages transmog them and x percentages actually equip them so i bet they probably looked at that and seen that not many people actually equip their armor or actually do anything with it so what's the point in us putting seven different armor sets in this expansion let's just give them two because that's what most people go back and forth and so i can get it if that's that point of view but i like maybe about three or four would have been good for me in terms of storyline uh i quite i quite liked it i thought that the actor uh who performed as charles i thought the voice acting was just really bloody good i really enjoyed great that point. It, it, great point. Yeah, yeah really had me really had me engaged from the start um so i thought i thought he did a tremendous job um I know that the storyline, if we're really going to think about the DLC from a kind of the umbrella of the, under the umbrella of the larger Valhalla storyline, it didn't really make a dent at all, to be honest with you. But I get that because it's a standalone separate kind of game to be, uh, expansion to be played while you're kind of playing Valhalla through. I think you can get there at level 200, right, or something. So I, I get that. Um, a little bit disappointed with the hidden ones, uh, if I'm honest. I think that is a real big selling point for Valhalla. 
going forward. And I really think that they need to tuck into that and really focus on that because it has a lot of people engaged. A lot of people get excited about it and people like talking about it. And I think that, you know, you can only dangle the carrot in front of people for so long until they really start to get a little bit miffed about it. So I think that they really need to tuck into that going forward. But I like the fact that they did tease in a way that hidden ones are still about and are still alive, but we need to stop kind of tiptoeing around the edge now. We need to get we need to get stuck in with that. But uh, I like the idea of, of visiting like mini bureaus to then enter one bureau. I thought that was good. Uh, I also like the Frankish nobles, uh, the Drenger boss fights kind of thing. I think it, I think they were really good, and I would like to see more of them. To be honest with you, I think those Drengor fights in general are quite engaging and good. And I thought the the legendary bullfight as well was an upgrade from the previous one, the the boar I believe we got in Wrath of the Druids as well. So I thought there was a few few things added in. All in all, I yeah. it was well received by me. It was well received. So a bit of a long winded answer there, but I I liked it. Um, of course, there's things that could could be better, but I felt that when I played it at the weekend, I thought, well, you know, this is when I think about it objectively. I spent my time hanging out, switching my brain off, playing some games. Was it enjoyable? Yes. Did I like some some stuff? Yes. Did I not like other stuff? Yes. But that's okay. That's games. And I I, I thought that you know, if if I was to purchase that DLC, I would I personally would have been happy with it. Sounds very similar to to my experience. Yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed it. Nice place to spend some time. A um, little bit of side content to keep us interested. Just just one very quick question: What's your opinion on Cairns? Sure. <laughs> I I was listening to one of your other episodes, James, and I think I remember you saying that you you do I not like do Cairns. I like a Ken. I'm, no, I'm in it, the minority. I you think. like? Did you? Was it Declan? Like who? Who said that they didn't like Cairns? Was it? Or maybe I maybe I misheard that. Maybe Cairns, you did like them. Cairns. It, I just either like way from hell. It, <laughs> either either way mate um for me cairns i i am not a fan <laughs> all right understood. so now we know where the lines are drawn we, we know mate, mate that's it so for me i i i just thought i think it was the one upping nottinghamshire mate um in england and it was incredibly mm. difficult early game and i found it very challenging and I got quite frustrated with it. And I think they've improved perhaps the the rock physics going forward. I'm not sure if it's a shadow fix, but I've I found that my time with Cairnstones going forward, or since then, has actually been not too bad. But I but since that point, since that that Snottinghamshire Cairnstone, it's still etched in my mind, and it's still uh, nearly throwing the controller out the window in a Thursday afternoon. I think it was so. Um, Interesting. What t- why? Why do you like them? I've obviously, I've obviously listened to you on your other podcast and just gone, no, James. Oh no. Oh no. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What's going on um, here? And then just completely regurgitated it in my own mind. No, no. He definitely doesn't like them. He doesn't like. Them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> why let, me, you... let me tell. Let me tell a story. So, um, I mean, there's there's pretty much one per regional one per story arc isn't there there's not too many of them I, I, I don't know how many there are in total but early on quite frustrating but I, the way that I play these these games is when the story takes me takes Eivor to a new region yes I follow the story but I also like to complete that region before moving on so I was doing the Cairns bit by bit as as, as she explored England and explored Norway and so on um, and they were kind mm. of frustrating. 
However, when we got to the Glower Chestershire arc, um, the Cairn on Cleave Hill, and the reason that sticks in my head is I used to live uh, out that way, so I know the hill. I can picture it very clearly in my mind. Oh, lovely, yeah. The Cairn on Cleave Hill, um, for me, was the hardest boss fight in the game because <laughs> you cannot use dual spears to help you with a Cairn. <laughs> so, and I... I, I I recorded my gameplay uh, just for my own kind of records, really. Um, And I was there for about 40 minutes of real time, you know, sitting here at my PC. This is my precious gaming time, like we were discussing earlier. But I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let it beat me. And I'll tell you, sort of halfway through it, I kind of experienced this, this mindset change where I kind of just accepted my fate was to be here for a long time. And I accepted <laughs> that my my fate was to possibly not beat this thing. And I just thought, this is fine. I shall just keep trying. And I will keep arranging these stones in different patterns. And it was, I don't want to use the word Zen, because that's probably the wrong word to use, right? But I definitely experienced this kind of thing of, do you know what? It's not a problem. I will just nice. sit here and I will stack these rocks and I shall look at the beautiful weather system that the developers have created and the nice <laughs> scenery. And when I beat it, I was so happy. And since then, I've had a totally different attitude to Cairns, which is I start them expecting to fail. And <laughs> I don't know if that's like weird psychology or whatever, but anyway, Maybe, I start yeah. I start them expecting to fail. And I have found that doing that, I just actually quite enjoy the process. So that's my very long answer to, to how I got to this strange opinion. No, I love it. I love those kind of stories. I, I guess, you know, I imagine de- developers listening to that, having made it, must be like, that must be pretty cool. Because I, like you, I've got no idea about game design or something. But if you make something in game and then someone actually has a pretty cool experience like that, really, and goes into Zen mode, then you must come away from that just being like, yeah, smashed it out of the park. Whereas me, I'm just kind of like nearly smashed my controller throughout the window in the park, you know. So, <laughs> it's... oh, I mean, the, there was no doubt some table banging before I got to that that inner piece, <laughs> you know. Where, where's Master Uguay when we need him? That's kind of where I was heading towards. Um, Very good. But yeah, before that, certainly, certainly frustrating. And you know what? That's maybe that's another thing like we were discussing earlier. Not every part of the game and every mechanic and mini game. Is going to appeal to everyone you know i'm sure there's people no. out there that hate orlog i love orlog but i'm sure there's sure. people out there that just just want to skip the dice games and get on with the hack and slash or they don't like the hack and slash they just want to be an assassin so it's they've got to appeal to many different players haven't they and play style I, I think you're right and i think the argument there uh, Declan, i'd be interested to hear your thought on this but what what are they trying to appeal to and i think it's mass market isn't it You've got to have a bit of everything in there, and it's moving away from the specific niche, which is stealth-orientated games with, you know, a really kind of intrinsic storyline. It's just that's just not what they're going to be doing anymore. I think also, you know, Declan, you made a really good point earlier about people complaining about combat and stuff and being too easy and stuff, and I think you've got to have a bit of perspective as well because people talk very favourably about the the old games, but I remember being on my PC and. 2011 just smashing the e button to counter every 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 guy having a hack at me or whatever it was uh, you know and so they i i do appreciate that they've got to move away and advance and stuff that's not going to be for everybody but equ- equally you know i think that 
it seems that they're just going for mass mark appeal and, and they want to try and tick the box for for at least one person who plays the game. I get that, uh, but it's unfortunately it's not not going to work for a lot of people. What, what do you think about that, Declan? Um, it's a point that I've made. I don't know how many times I've made it now, to be honest. <laughs> but the problem is, I don't think it's mass appealing or mass marketing. I think it's because Assassin's Creed is so old, it has got to a point now where it is physically impossible to make the game appeal to everyone. It's impossible. Mm. Like, even with the old game, I'm going to go to Syndicate because Syndicate's the best example for this. By Syndicate, tons of news articles were running that Assassin's Creed was boring and it needed a refresh. That's what everybody ran. And you got to think mm. that's using the same gameplay of Assassins versus Templars and the really simplistic combat. But when it evolved into RPG, people complained that it's gone RPG. Then, for years before Unity, people complained Modern Day was boring, it needs removed. So they removed Modern Day for Unity and mm. Syndicate. Everyone complained that it, that Modern Day should come back because it was not good in Unity or Syndicate. So yeah. you now have this game that, in my opinion, no matter what you do, you're going to upset someone. If you make the stealth perfect, the best stealth in, on earth, but the combat takes a knock and the parkour takes a knock, you're going to upset people that really love parkour. If you make parkour as good as Unity, but it dumbs down stealth a little and dumbs down combat, you're going to annoy the people that yeah. want this. So, yeah. my opinion, they've just literally now got to throw everything at it and hope somebody likes it because they're no longer in a position to appeal to everyone. I've been playing since it very first came out in 2007, so 14 years, and I have seen the game change, and I've loved every single thing, but I have people who, who stopped playing after free because they got bored of it. Yeah, sure. I've seen people who say Naval was the worst part, so Black Flag's terrible. You know what I mean? It's just... Mm. I don't think it's mass marketing. I just think a game series so old you can't appeal to anyone anymore. You have to appeal to everyone. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a really good point. Yeah, it's another. It's a different way to look at it for sure. Very interesting. What do you think, James? My my opinion is probably quite different. I suppose coming starting with the new games and then potentially mm -hmm. depending on on your opinion, starting with the most divisive game in the franchise, which is Odyssey, but I love Odyssey. Odyssey has a very special place in my heart. Um, <laughs> having said that, I, I have a new love, which as anyone who speaks to me ever on Discord or uh, <laughs> on Twitter knows, is, un <laughs> is, is Unity. And what can I say? That game's flipping amazing. It's amazing yeah. for how it immerses you in a busy city. It's amazing for how you can traverse the world. It's amazing for the weapon types, the range, the, the tools you've got available. And I never missed that in Odyssey and Origins because I'd never had it. But as we were talking about this, I think, was it last week, Declan? No, it was in our, in, in our first episode as co-hosts about just that we missed the tools and the sort of the ranged assassination options. Um, so definitely some of the some of the magic has gone for me, um, which is a shame. And it probably comes back mm. to what do you want your identity to be? Um, 
Yeah. Is there not a space in the market for a an urban stealth, you know, free running game? I think there probably is. Um, and I, I might, although again, as I say, I, I love Odyssey and I will happily defend it forever. Um, I would like to see a return to cities and a focus on stealth and more. You know, Unity punishes you if you get into a melee and the gunners see you. Because you're supposed to be a stealthy assassin, you're not supposed to just charge in with your sword and hack people down. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, that might sound like a, a real negative comment against the newer games. It really isn't. I love Odyssey. I love um, Origins. Um, my opinion on Valhalla is not quite as warm, but I still enjoy the central story. Um, I still think Eivor is a fantastic protagonist to play as. Um, so I've enjoyed all three of the newer games, but certainly, you know, I, I have a new love and it's definitely skewing my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. What would you, um, what would both of you like to see going forward then? You know, cause Valhalla's going to get, uh, it's going to get more support next year. We're going to get another DLC, even though it hasn't been officially announced yet, but what would you, what would you like to see in that, which would get you excited about it? Uh, James, do you want to answer first? Maybe it's still there. <laughs> um, uh, I am here, there. and I was talking, but of course I'd muted myself because I'm a good podcast <laughs> participant, and I'd forgotten oh, to mash the key. I'm such a... I'm oh, sorry, I'm such a podcast and noob tuber because when you guys are chatting, I'm like, mm, yeah, oh yeah, haha, <laughs> very good. Uh, I, I've, I've forgotten that I've got to be on mute when you guys speak, so sorry about you that. You don't at all, to... you don't at all. I mean, if we if we talk over each other, what we're doing is we're making Declan's job harder when he does the edit. <laughs> Um, so I say, I say, carry on. Really, uh, let's um, get, let's let's all talk at the same time. For exactly, the next exactly. <laughs> um, anyway. um, what was the question? What were we talking about? Oh, what we well, want to see in the future? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I I enjoyed Wrath of the Druids. I enjoyed Siege of Paris's self-contained stories where we meet some new characters and we visit some new sort of locations. But I want to know more about Eivor. I want to know more about. Uh, Basim. Um, I want to know what's happening in that cabin in the modern day with Rebecca and Sean and Basim, who has come out of the, the Yggdrasil uh, device. So I want to see an advancement of that story. Um, or, and I know that um, some people have speculated, maybe we, instead of advancing Eivor's story in the ninth century or the modern day story, Maybe we play as Loki and we visit the Isu realms, but instead of visiting the Isu realms as a kind of nested animus memory regression, as we've, we've done when Eivor visits uh, Jotunheim and Asgard, maybe we actually go to the Isu realms as Loki, as Havi, um, and we explore those stories mm. and, and the, the sort of the fights and the wars that went on between the different Isu. So I suppose what I'm... To, to make a short answer, I want to see a story and a DLC that advances the core stories of Assassin's Creed. Either tell me more about the Isu, or tell me more about Eivor, or tell me more about mm. the modern day story. Nice. Nice. So, I'm a bit long-winded. and Let's go. I'm ready for people to get the pitchforks, because I'm going to upset <laughs> a few fans with this comment. Let's do it. But... I do not want any 
advancements of the modern day. Outright. Ooh, okay. I <laughs> nice. believe <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm going to say hand on heart that the fate of Atlantis was a terrible idea. The story was perfect, but not a lot of people have money for DLCs. Not a lot of people feel invested in DLCs. So continuing a modern day storyline that we picked up by a next game in a DLC is not fair because if someone doesn't if someone played Odyssey and didn't play the DLCs and then plays Valhalla, they don't know where the spear came from. They don't mm. know the progression. So my my point is, I want I've kind of got the scenario in my head. I want Inevo's life to get a bit older before she goes to Vinland, but before she gets old, um, her memory starts to fade, and this mental block she put on Harvey breaks through, and mm. she has one last vision that Loki's well Basim's been waiting for. He knows from what he sees in the reader. And he latches the animus to focus on this breakdown, this mental breakdown. And I want to see this really unique clash of mythology and Isu side by side, remembering what happened in the truth. When they all walked out with their weapons drawn, I want that to continue. But I don't want it to end at like, yeah. when you see the next game, it will pick up from there. I want it to be like yeah. a final story for Ava as she goes to Vinland. But whatever happens in the modern day just is just Harvey just remembering Abel's last journeys to Finland. So it has no setup for the next game. So if no mm. one's interested in coming back for year two, then they're not going to pick up the next Assassin's Creed reveal left out and they're going to have to go back to Valhalla and play year two. Just a nice contained story to see Abel go to Finland, final resting place. And as she's living life, she has one last vision of what Harvey did when he walked out because mm. I still believe as uh, a friend of the show Six Keys brought out when the Isu survived with the humans at the end of the Toby catastrophe they told them all their knowledge and all the tales of life and over time we changed it to our own religion our own beliefs our own tales so I believe this Ragnarok event which I predicted for years for Valhalla is them two fighting Loki's children. It's a fight with Loki's children at the very end, but Eivor will see it as full Ragnarok, so the Sage Four will die to the World Serpent, but we'll see, like, we'll see them fighting, like a big serpent fighting four, but it'll flicker to actually two sages fighting with swords, so it just flicker. Like, Eivor can't keep her memory, her mind aligned to reality. She's now remembering what really happened if that makes sense. What an answer. That's so, fantastic. That's what I want. It, it's too ambitious. I don't think they'll go with it, but I think that is the perfect answer to a great going forward DLC that doesn't affect the next game and doesn't alienate fans. So, so Declan, that sounds great, and I would love that. Now tell me what you really think is going to happen. <laughs> what do you really think Ooh. they're going to do? <laughs> to be honest, what I think they're going to do is they are going to do something similar. I think Loki is going to find a way to um, reunite Althea and his children. And I'm mm. predicting it. Today is the 16th of September, 2021. It is 10.13. Yes, like I am predicting that it's going to end with him taking his, his spear to meet William, but he actually makes a detour, like breaks away from Rebecca and Sean, 
and meets the oh what they're called oh I've been talking about them for months. Who are you thinking of? Instruments of the First Will. Ah. He yeah. meets the Instruments of the First Will and he signs a secret deal to work with mm. the instruments because they're the only people who've ever brought an Isu back to life. Technically, Juno was killed, but nice. I think it will end there. Uh, I'll be annoyed. So he wants to bring Alethea back with the help of the Instruments of the First Will, you think? Because nice. they're the nice. only ones with the technology to bring up because they cloned Juno with a yeah. um with a Shroud of Eden, so they can obviously bring a fear back using Spear. But I think it'll end there. Black screen. Next game you'll find out what happens, and everyone who did not return to year two will have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, actually. That will probably happen, yeah. I think you should get into writing, mate. I think <laughs> I think that sounds fantastic to be honest with you i'd be i'd be really pleased genuinely really pleased if that is is what we get truth be told i've been trying to write a fan fiction about that sort of thing but i have dyslexia and really bad writer's blocks i can't do any fan fiction because i get past one sentence and my brain's like i've forgotten how to write (laughs) well maybe you should just do it on podcasts more often because i really appreciated that and uh you've kind of got me excited about potentially what's going to happen next mate so something something to be said for that i think i have some mild i know this is off tangent but i always thought was, if there's such a, a device where i could talk and it turns into text i would literally narrate a fan fiction about the possible simulations from the drizzle device like simulations where nice Desmond never dies, so he lives. So, let me tell you, and again, this is really going off tangent, uh, Declan. So since we started recording together, um, I have gotten into the habit of recording voice memos whenever I have ideas or talking points for the show. Um, you, normally when I'm out walking the dog, I get all my best ideas when I'm walking the dog. Um, so I probably look a bit strange walking around the park talking to my phone. But um, it's a good way of getting ideas out <laughs> of your head and um, you know, recorded somewhere because my memory is terrible. So I never trust my memory. So definitely voice recording app. You can get dictation apps as well, um, Declan, to turn your, uh, yeah, your voice Very into true. written words. So there's options out there. Oh, I'm going to be looking at this tonight, guys. I'm going to be going onto Google, finding an app for my PC. <laughs> and you'll yeah, have a fan do fix. It. My do first, it, mate. Do it. My first fan fiction, and I'll say it now because I know it's really off topic, but I really want to write a fantasy Assassin's Creed story. Set in a simulation where the uh, Olympus project was never shut down. Oh, and I'd like to know about that. So the Olympus project never shut down, but when the Toba catastrophe happened, it literally spilled into life. So now people live in a world where monsters are real, but they're just pieces of Eden. There's nothing yeah. about them, and assassins have to work with Templars to shut down the pieces of Eden, otherwise the whole world's just going to be destroyed. Right, I think you need to get this dictation software <laughs> sorted ASAP, Declan, because I want to hear I want to hear <laughs> some of these ideas, mate, because they sound great. Sign me up. Where do I sign up? I'll, I'll look into this. It's called. I was gonna. It's so cheesy. I was gonna call it Simulation Six Six Six. I don't know why. Well, that sounds cool. It's better than it's better than Andy Reloads. Let me tell you that. So. <laughs> well, let's let's segue. So, where did the channel name come from? 
Oh, um, <laughs> good question. Actually, um, before I'd before I'd even thought, right, I'm going to do the whole YouTube thing. Well, I'd, I had decided, but I didn't know what to to kind of call myself really. And I liked the idea of Andy, you know, that being my name, and I, I wanted people to know my name. Um, mm. I just felt like I'd have a better kind of connection or it sounds really cheesy but just like a good conversation with someone if they knew my name it, not that it was kind of like um thor hammer 5000 you know it was it's kind of andy reloads and the whole reloads thing was just kind of like well what can i just put on the end of it and um i, I was literally just just watching some fps stuff on youtube and i can't remember who just said it reloads and i liked the sound of it Ooh, yeah. so i was just yeah, like I, I was just like oh, I'll just put that on the end. That'll do. Let's roll with it and let's just get some videos out. And it's kind of just stuck since, really. I mean, that I, I would love to say that there's some sort of intrinsic meaning behind it. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm reloading on videos and um, I'm reloading on this and I'm putting it all together back into the magazine and then I'm just going to fire out this and this. And it's nothing, nothing to do with that, unfortunately. It was just like, that'll do. That sounds cool. Let's go with it. Uh, that's, that's how that happened. That's, that, that's I, how I've, that happened. I've, I've been watching your videos kind of intermittently over the last few months. They they pop up in my recommendations. I am now subscribed. Sure. I'd clarify. Since I avenged <laughs> you, I thought I've, I know this name because you pop Could up do. on my recommendations. I, I do I do need to subscribe. So I have subscribed since then. Um, but what I was surprised about is your first video sure. is only ten months old, and it, it's Rigyfilka. It's the first arc of Valhalla. So you're, you're quite new you pro- the whole YouTube game. Yeah, absolutely. Is that how you pronounce it, by the way? Because if it is, I've pronounced it horrifically wrong ever since. Uh, how right. do you, how'd so, you say? It? Well, I uh, damn. If we have any Norwegian listeners, I am so sorry. Norwegian <laughs> is oh, is not pronounced how it's written at all. Um, I <laughs> I read it as Rigyfilka, but. Who on Rigi earth? Filthy. Tell you what, you can mention me on Twitter if I've pronounced that horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think I pronounce it as Riglafolk, which just does not sound right. So I'm going to go with, with your be. no. You're too nice, James. Let's be honest. It's not that you are definitely closer to it <laughs> than I am. Um, but but yeah, mate. I mean, to be honest, it's one of those things. This whole the whole YouTube thing and. Uh, that I, I kind of had in the back of my mind for so many years because I'm a bit of a talker and I like having really good conversations with you know great people like yourself and also other great people um, in the comment section so it's just, I just I enjoy doing that in my spare time and I thought that this would be like a good medium for for me to chat to people about stuff that I'm passionate about and they're passionate about but also kind of learn new skills at the same time like I'd I'd never video edited if you go back and you know in your own time watch that first video I did it sucked still sucks right now um I thought it looked pretty good to me I mean just to say like you you know nine months ago I'd never touched video editing software and uh, another friend of the show uh, Locust uh, said to me um go and subscribe to his channel yeah ah fantastic he said go download DaVinci I watched a couple of tutorials and it's great. Mm. And it's a whole new world yeah. of kind of creativity, isn't it? And and sort of That's technical knowledge right, and so yeah. on. You're spot, you're spot on, mate. And so since then, um, I kind of, I was okay on, on Photoshop, Adobe Photoshop, just over the years. So I thought, let's try and keep it within the Adobe ecosystem. Let's just go for Premiere Pro. It's a bit of a beast, but let's learn it. Let's learn this video editing stuff and just give it a whirl. And I think this is the thing with YouTube and perhaps, you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about the whole podcasting thing, actually. Um, it's more of a marathon than a sprint, really. You're not going to have any kind of crazy overnight success uh, at all. And it's one of those things that you've got to be really passionate about to kind of do in week in, week out and and, and 
really kind of put the effort in when you're tired or like I have a full t- full-time job so you know it's all this stuff I've got, I've got girlfriend and, and other things outside of my life so it's finding that time to to make time if that makes sense and and when you're super tired and that it you perhaps don't want to get on the microphone and and be really enthusiastic and talk about something which actually um sucks uh it's, I'm talking about I'm referring to specific updates so in in that regard um you know it's been it's been a really great I've had a really great time I think it's November I uploaded the first video last year so I think for me it was I wanted to get to 1000 subscribers have some great chats convos in in the uh, comment section have uh 50 people on discord and and make 100 videos and you know i i I've done that, which is great, and I'm now looking forward to kind of making more videos because people seem to enjoy them, and I'm I'm sure you guys get that feeling with your podcast as well. You know, people enjoy your podcast, and it gets you kind of looking forward to making the next one. Uh, am I right? You are indeed. Exactly. But to be honest, it's very weird. I'm so tangent, but when I first started, I never looked at numbers. I was just like, I don't care if no one. Good listens. idea. Good idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm gonna talk. Same. Good idea, and and that's the thing. So, I, I completely agree because when I went in really naively, I was I put everything on a number kind of format. You you soon realise that's just not the way to go about things. You know, those those all those kind of metrics are, are quite meaningless actually. What matters is that the content that you're making is is something that you're passionate about and enjoy. And also all the conversations by extension from that content you make than you have with those people. That's really the most important thing. So I learned that very quickly making those videos that, yeah, metrics don't mean a thing at all. So as it's getting to one hour 20, it's going to be a very big, beefy episode. Oh, my, oh my <laughs> word. I can't believe that. That's flown yeah, by. If, if the time has flown by. It does, Do you know what? And it does. When you're having a good conversation, it, it, I mean, the last episode i joined as a guest was me declan memo and uh, i create and we talked for an hour and 45 and i think the last Amazing. 30 minutes was was declan continually trying to, to say <laughs> right let's wrap up but let's the, the three of us we were having such a great time we just carried on yeah. talking so declan you are the audio editor i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, ap- apologies declan apologies oh, I i've been having this. a great time i love it don't worry i think i do want to wrap up the episode on just one question just your general overall thoughts on the Avenger Quest system, and if it's a feature, they should keep bringing back. Great question, mate, and I'm going to spend the next forty minutes answering it. <laughs> nice, so, this is what we want. So, <laughs> um, I I love first and foremost. I just want to say I know it's the final question, but you guys are fantastic. Uh, I've had such a great time. That's a great conversation. I genuinely can't believe it's an hour and twenty minutes. Honestly, that has blown my mind. But in answer to to your question, um, I think. To start with, uh, that is pretty meaningless. I still think now it's pretty meaningless, to be honest with you. I think it's a cool feature to have. I'm not sure if they can elaborate it on in any way, to be honest. I, I think I think it will continue to be there, but it's more of a it it's there for people to be like, Oh hey, I found you. So so in my case, I'm looking forward to the next DLC in installments so my inbox can go crazy again because there's no no doubt. I'm happy to oblige. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, James. Because I know, I have no doubt there will be Andy reloads all over all over the shop. So um, in in short, I think that they'll continue to be there. 
but it's not going to be anything game-breaking or changing, and I'd be surprised to see if they change it up in any way. What do you think? James? I think um, to sort of come back to the, the cost-benefit side of it for a minute, as you say, it's an existing mechanic. It's been in the game since Origins. It probably, the underlying code has probably not changed at all, and the server-side processing, probably very little has changed. So it adds a bit of content and a bit of fun for very little overhead. So it will probably continue as is. Um, yeah. The only thing I would say is I would like it if some of my UB Connect friends, maybe my, all my UB Connect friends are amazing and never die, but I've never been able to avenge <laughs> one of my kind of community buddies. I've never seen Declan in there. So I'd quite like to see see some of my friends pop up and know that I've you know done something for one of my friends. So that's the only comment I would make at Ubisoft. You might want to tweak the algorithm a bit so we start to see our, uh, our friends um, sometimes. That's a really good point, mate. That is a really good point. I think priority uh, of the people you see in your kind of friend list it would be a really good feature going forward. And I would put that alongside the Yom's Vikings because I haven't seen oh, any yes. of my yes. my community friends for, for a very, very long time. In fact, I'm still getting random. So, But I know that's really intermittent because I've seen a lot of people who just seem to get community friends. You know, They just seem to pop up for them. So I don't know if it's just restricted to you know console based maybe it works better on playstation 5 network even though i know it's connected to ub connect anyway so i don't know if there's any kind of problems with the crossover there either either way i'm not getting them but i know that people on other consoles who are on the same consoles get them quite quite well so an improvement there would be sweet i'd be well up for that um i don't know i, I wouldn't mind seeing it return um i've had a lot of fun finding random people and avenging them but i wish it was just a quicker process like i'm killing 20 guys and avars i'm killing a machine or whoever's next i don't want to be spending a, a minute just avenging everyone and just making sure they are dead i'd rather just kill everyone and get a pop-up notification saying hey you've done it find your next body to rescue do you know do you, I don't even know because I haven't actually ever received this, um, and I'm I'm sure that I would have, considering how often I died. But it would be good to know. Well, I, I like like I was saying I didn't get it, but good to know when someone avenges you. Maybe a notification. That's a really good point. Coming up on my screen, you know. Yeah. So if 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 it says that you avenge someone, then when I log in. I want someone to say, hey, you were avenged at this point or whatever it was on the map. You, you might need a bigger monitor, though, for all of the alerts you would have got, Andy, for all those. Yeah, I mean, my game, no doubt my game my game would have crashed <laughs> several times over. But I would have got back on eventually. But yeah, I think that would be a nice little feature. If you get a feature saying that you avenge someone, then, you know, just ping it back and tell them that they've been avenged. That's cool. So, anyway. I think that is... All time we got for tonight. Um, so we did start off as a simple chat about Avenger Quest, and we've gone into everything, which is just kind of perfect. It was great to get to know you a lot more, Andy. And um, I will admit I am very on the backlog of YouTube because I'm so busy doing <laughs> everything. I think I've got like of course, mate, a whole content list to watch of your channel. So prepare for a binge watch soon. Oh. Well, hey man, listen. I hope I hope you enjoy it. Maybe you've learned something new new from them. Um, let me know. Let me know if you do. In actual fact, I've got one tomorrow um, coming out. It's about 18, 18 minutes, which I know is long, 
but it's we're actually I actually discuss a lot of things we've discussed today in terms of kind of river raids and oh, what we'd like to yeah. what we'd actually like I mean I've, I've titled it 10 things we want to see or 10 things we want kind of thing so I'd be really interested to to hear both of your thoughts on that because I know you guys are passionate as, as much as I am about this game so um, hopefully we get a few of those changes going forward but in any case I just want to say it's a pleasure being in, invited on, on your show today I've had a really good time honestly it's, I, it's, a, it's an hour and a half already I keep saying this but 10 minutes keep going by and it feels like 30 seconds so thank you very much for for inviting me I'm looking forward to tuning into more of your episodes going forward and if you ever ever want to invite me back I'd be more than happy to come have a chinwag and uh, and chat more about Valhalla and everything else so uh, thanks very much guys thank you for accepting and thank you for James for reaching out as well to get you on board. Yeah, yeah cheers, Jim. I, I took, I Thanks, took the plunge. I thought, you know what? What what can it hurt? Hurt? I'll just send a DM, and you answered, and I'm really gr- glad you did because we've had a fantastic conversation. So definitely, Andy. Um, Absolutely. I think we need to have you back in the future as one of our kind of. Uh, we, we have a we're sort of building a roster, aren't we, Declan, of recurring um, guests? So <laughs> nice. I think I think we need to add you to that because it's always nice to have new voices and new opinions. Um, Absolutely. Chat to. Absolutely. I always enjoy listening to, to all the people you bring on the show as well. So, and of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to share this with, uh, with, with my community as well. And hopefully, you know, people who, who aren't listening to yourself, start listening. That would be great. Well, that'd be kind. Vice, Thank you. Vice versa with your listeners and hopefully to check out some, some videos and say, all oh, right, yeah, he's the, uh, he's the guy who died 200 times. And <laughs> so there we go. So, Absolutely. There we go. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very much, dude. And hopefully we should have you on board again. Um, so if you really like this episode and you want to offer your thoughts and opinions, you can email me at assassinscreedletstalk.gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at ACLetstalk. If you want to be part of a show or share your ideas, you can hit me up on them links as well. Or you can hit James up at James Tiddlyquid. That's me. That's the ones that I'm always getting it wrong. Um, be sure to check Andy's YouTube out and his Twitter. All links will be in the comments. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon. Cheers, guys.